Good morning, God's wonderful people. Are you aware that you serve a wonderful God? Are you aware that you serve a God who is good beyond the measure? We serve a God who loves us beyond everything. In other words, there's nothing that we can experience or that we can go through that we can have in our life or all of our lives that can ever separate us from God's love for us. He loves us regardless. It's an unconditional love. So many times we understand love as being transactional. You do for me, I do for you. I do for you as you do for me. That's a transactional relationship. But God loves us and it's not transactional. He doesn't love us because we do something for him. He loves us because he does. And that's what you have to understand about God. Today, give him thanks. Give him thanks today for his love. His love for you that is unconditional. And spread that love and be that love. It is my hope that you are reaping the benefits of these studies and that you are garnering the truth that they declare and are putting those truths to use. There is so much that you have to gain from these studies, my friend, and it goes beyond even what I share. In other words, the things I share, may, I mean, for some of us, is the base from which we take up and shoot off in, into discovering greater truth. So in other words, from what I share may not be the full total of what it is that you are garnering. Because the Spirit of God is taking these little teachings and it's expanding them and illuminating them in your heart and mind. As you go through them and listen to them intently through the Spirit of God. Today we continue our analysis of the hay. We started that in our last episode and we are continuing that today. So today we're going to look at the gematria and some lessons we learned from the hay. Now... I must admit to you here that it would appear that some letters are more robust than others. Some letters of the Aleph Beit are more robust than others because of what they symbolize and what they stand for. That is something we have to admit here. Because when you look at certain letters like the He, it's, more, it's, very, it's very robust and it has more information to give or more truth that it declares than maybe some other letters. Now, all letters are significant, and every one of them declares the message and word of God. But there are some that are more, for me, it appears to be more robust than the others. And so, you know, that's some, an observation I have that I want to share with you there. So let's turn our attention now to look at the gematria for the letter He. The numerical value of the He is 5. The number 5, the spiritual significance of this number is that it symbolizes grace, redemption, and the act of giving. That's what this number symbolizes. So here in its gematria, we see that the significance of this number, it brings across the idea of grace, redemption, and giving, which are all part of the hay. So the hay is a letter that is going to be, you know, having as a component in it grace, redemption, and giving. The number five in many ways is connected to Jesus Christ, who is the, our redemption, who is God's gift to us, who is the expression of God's grace. The number five is connected to him in many ways. For example, 
Jesus said in John 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And also in chapter 9, verse 5, he says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Here, Jesus is declaring that he is the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Now, here is how this becomes something interesting, my friends. On the first day of creation in Genesis 1, verse 3 to 5, it reads, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the, mor and the morning were the first day. Now here we see, in Genesis 1, verse 3 to 5, the word light is used five times. Why is that? Well, this goes to show, my friend, that God, it, it is signifying to us that God, this is how God brings his light into the world. But then Jesus says, I am the light. So here the word light is used five times, connecting it with Jesus being that light. So here we have him declaring here in Genesis on the first day, Jesus the light. The light of God comes into this world through Jesus Christ. He is the light. And here in Genesis 1 verse 3 to 5, we see lightly mentioned five times. Again, the number five associated with Jesus. Again, Jesus' name in Hebrew and in English is spelled with five letters. The number five and him again, Yeshua. That is five letters. Jesus, that's five letters. Again, we see the number five associated with him again at his crucifixion. Jesus at his crucifixion got five wounds. Five wounds on the cross. In his two hands, in his two feet, and in his side. Five wounds on the cross. The number five is significant and it permeates everything that has to do with redemption, Jesus Christ, and God's gift to us. Again, the number five is a number of revelation. It's a number that is associated with revelation. Let me show you this. The first covenant that God made with man. This covenant was initiated in five books. This first covenant that God made with man was initiated in five books. The five books of the Torah. Five is the number of Torah. The Torah is the revelation of the first covenant. This is God declaring and manifesting his first covenant with man. I know it's called the Old Testament, but it's the first covenant. We see it manifested and being revealed in five books. The books, five books of Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So we see the number five here being associated with with, with, with revelation. The second covenant with man was also initiated in five books. It, is initiated, it was initiated in the first five books of the New Testament. That's the Gospels and the Acts, which are the five historical books of the New Testament. These historical books are the revelation of the second covenant. The second covenant that God established, the second testament, the second covenant that he established through his son, Jesus Christ. The first covenant was established through his, his prophet Moses. But his second covenant was established through his son, Jesus Christ. And 
Both these covenants were established and revealed in five books. Again, the number five permeating revelation. The word of God is a revelation of God. The Torah is a revelation of God. Five is also the number associated with expression. The num it's in this, the number five refers to the five levels of expression. These five levels of expressions are in our behavior, in our emotion, in our in intellect, in our super consciousness, and our uniqueness. These are the five levels of how we express ourselves. Now, my friends, five here being that number that's associated with all these elements that are connected to the hay. So the hay is revelation, the hay is expression, the hay is also grace and giving and redemption. All of this is wrapped up in the hay. What more can you say, my friends, than that this hay must be a letter that points to Jesus Christ? But remember that in our you know, in the first part of our analysis, we have seen that based on its position, the hay connects to the gimel and the dalet. And so we understand that it's the gimel who gives its foot to the dalet, which then becomes the hay. The power, which is what the yud would represent. So the yud, the power, is given to the dalet. And the dalet becomes the hay. It transforms the dalet. Let's look at some lessons that we have learned from the hay. The hay is the gift of God. That's the first lesson we learn here. That the hay is the gift of God. It's God's gift to mankind. It's God's gift to the warrior. Because the hay is giving. Now my friends, what's God's gift to mankind? Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. God gave his only begotten son. The hay points back to Jesus. Next thing we learn, my friend, is that the hay teaches us that our dominion over the physical realm is a gift from God. It teaches us that this dominion that we are exercising or supposed to exercise over the earth realm is a gift from God. It reiterates the point that this dominion is the result of life lived in God and by God. That is it, my friends. And we have labored that point that we cannot exercise dominion unless we are living in God and by God. It is by God that we, and through God, that we will exercise this dominion. The hay points to Jesus. The hay is the grace of God. The grace of God is manifested in Jesus Christ. The hay is redemption. Redemption is by Jesus' blood. The hay is revelation. Jesus Christ is the revelation of God. The hay is the essence of God. Jesus is the fullness of God. So friends, it all points to Jesus. The hay teaches us also that giving has a purpose. We must give to empower. We must give not just to meet a need, but we must give with that purpose of empowering the receiver with our gift. We must with our gift. Empower the ones we are giving to. You see friends. When you give to someone. Give an empowering thought. When you give to someone. Give an empowering word. Don't just give things. Give value. 
Give value to them. Empower them. In other words, you are giving to elevate this individual from being a Dalet to being a hay. Until the Dalet comes to hay, giving must be done. When the Dalet becomes a hay, giving will stop. Because at that point, this individual has been transformed from a poor person to a person who is now a, receive, a giver. You're no longer looking to receive, but they are looking now to give. So when you give to someone, empower them. Give an empowering thought. Give an empowering word. When you give to someone, sow that seed of a dream that they can be more. God created us to be more, my friends. God created us to be more than what we are in this present moment. We are created to always be more. We are created to always ever growing, ever developing, ever becoming better. That's how God created us. A warrior is meant to always be more. What you were yesterday, you must be more today. And what you are today, you must become more tomorrow. You are created to always become more. The hey, my friend, teaches us that God's gift to us of this dominion is to make the earth realm better. Not to rape it, nor to plunder it. God gives us dominion to make the earth realm better. To fill the earth with God's culture, the culture of heaven. We are placed here to make earth better. Let me show you how this is done, my friends. Or how this is so. This is so. The hay in Abraham expands its destiny and prophetic declaration. So the prophetic declaration and the destiny of his name was expanded by the introduction or the adding of this word to the A, where he was just the father of a people. He is now the father of an innumerable multitude of people. And that is given in Genesis 22 verse 17, where it says that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. My friend, it's declared here that by God adding that word through the hay to Avram, Avram becomes Abraham. And in this, God transforms his name. But not only his name, God transforms his destiny. God also transforms the prophetic declaration of his name. Let me tell you something, my friends. Your name is a prophetic declaration over you. It is the assignment of your destiny. That is your name. So my friends, understand this. That is why it becomes necessary. At, at the point where some of us get saved, we have to change our name. And all of us go through that name change. Because the assignment of our destiny will always change when we come into relationship with Jesus Christ. And the prophetic declaration of our name will also change when we come into that relationship. When God gives us of his son. The second time where we see that this letter hey, it's a letter that means that we're supposed to make things better. When God placed Adam in the Garden of Eden, it was for Adam to make Eden better. Listen to what God said to Adam when he placed him in the Garden of Eden. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. He placed him there to dress it and to keep it. So Adam was supposed to dress that garden and to keep it. Now, Eden is a seed to what the entire earth was meant to become. So Eden, where God placed Adam, you see, Adam could not deal with the entire earth all at once because he's only one man. So God created a garden 
And this is, is supposed to be the prototype of what the entire earth is supposed to be. You see, in, in, in the same way, my friends, when the government wants to, to release a program, they would, if they want to release a program in the schools, they would take, select particular schools to test out this, this program. They're called pilot schools. So they would go into certain schools and they would run this program and see how it operates in these schools. If the prog program does well, then it's released into all the schools. This is what God was doing. Eden was a pilot program as to what the entire earth was supposed to be. So Eden was supposed to be a, 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 a example or, or the, the seed to what the entire earth was supposed to be. God said to Adam, dress it and keep it. In other words, God was saying to him, Adam, you're supposed to make this better. You're supposed to dress it, make it look good, make it better. And you're supposed to maintain it, keep it. In other words, God placed Adam in the Garden of Eden to manage it, to control it and manage it. It mustn't grow out of proportion. It must not go where some plants are dying and some are living and some are, I mean, just mere semblance of life is in some of them and the others are flourishing. No, he's supposed to maintain the garden. He's supposed to make it better and maintain it. So here we see that God meant for us to be that extension of him to make earth better, to dress it, to keep it, to manage it. That's why God placed man here. The hey, my friends, it is dictating to us and teaching us that this dominion that God has given to us over the earth realm is to make earth better. You are not supposed to be here just so that you can heap up on yourself as much as you can. See, when Christ told that story about this rich young ruler, this rich man, he says this rich man, he had his fields. And harvest came and he harvested everything. And when he finished harvesting, his barn was not big enough to, keep, to, to contain everything that he has harvested. And instead of him seeing that as an indication for him to spread his wealth and his harvest to the community, he says, no, I will build bigger barn so that I can store more. It will increase his capacity to, to, to retain more of what he harvested. In other words, it's almost like I'll increase the capacity for me to consume more upon myself. When in truth and in fact, my friends, God gives you more so that you can give more and so that you can bless others because our job is not to make us to increase in how much we can contain. But our job is to increase so that we can change the earth and make it better. Every increase you experience, my friend, is God giving you more resources so that you can convert and transform more of your surrounding and your environment. Utilize the gifts and resources God has given you to make life better for those around you. If your community doesn't change as a result of you being in it, if you have not added any value to your community, then why are you living? If God created you to add value and to make places better, where you live is supposed to be better as a result of you being there. And if you are not adding value to where you are, and if you being there is not making it better, then why are you there? In other words, if that's not happening, my friends, then at some point in time, you are going to be taken out of that community. 
In other words, the community might spit you out. Or God might take you home because you're not doing what you're created to do. When you look at how the enemy behaves, when he goes to a place, and you look at what happens to a place when the enemy steps in, it is obvious that that's not what God created man for. Look at places where you see these things happening, where demons go in and wreak havoc, and the crime rate goes up, and all the atrocities against mankind goes up. Look at what happens. The place is depressing. You look at it and you feel depressed. You look at it and you feel like, oh, nobody should be living like this. But when God placed man in the Garden of Eden, he placed him there to make earth better. You are placed here on this earth to make it better. You are given dominion. The warrior is given dominion to make where he is better than what it is. You are never supposed to enter a place and when you leave, it's worse off than, you, than it was before you came there. When you enter a place, whether you are spending one hour, two hour, three months, a year, or, a, or even a lifetime, it doesn't matter how long you are staying there for. When you enter a place, when you leave, it must be better than it was before you came. That's what dominion and having dominion means. You manage your environment. You make it better. You manage the realm and you make it better. Those you meet, my friends, their life should be better after you leave. It should never be worse off. There's a little um, tagline we use while we're in Royal Rangers. And one of the code of, of behavior is that when you go to a place to camp, when you leave that place, it must be better than you saw it. You must never leave it worse than you saw it. So no garbage must be there. Nothing must be out of place. You must leave it better, dress it, fix it up, make it look good. So when you leave, another person who comes to go there may enjoy it better than you have enjoyed it. That's a code of how God has created us to be. So the warrior is, is meant through this dominion to make life better and earth better. Here in our analysis, we have seen many things about the hay, and we have not exhausted what there is about this letter. We have only looked at certain things, and again, it's certain basic things. There's much more to be learned, my friends. But here we have seen enough to know that this letter is a letter that has remarkable power. And in this letter, God has vested many things. Let us learn what we have here been presented with, and let's employ these in our lives let's be the individuals who practice the art of true giving let's be the individuals who practice what this dominion is meant for us to do make this world better make our community and our environment better let's do that my friends and do it with courage do it with passion and let's see God work in our communities and make our life even better. You are created to be more and you are created to do more. Let's be more and let's do more so God can be glorified through our lives. Loving Father, we bless your name and we give you thanks today that you, our Father, have chosen to give us this privilege of being a part of your mission to make this earth better. Your mission to bring your culture here on earth. Your mission to bring heaven here on earth. And it's the prayer that Christ taught us. 
that to let to pray to let your will be done here as it is in heaven father with this prayer we incorporate this lord that you let your kingdom come here in our lives here on earth as it is in heaven let your will be done here lord our prayer is that your kingdom be here and we pray god that it begins with us we give you thanks in jesus name amen have a great day now my friends and do remember that God loves you and I do too. Shalom.